0: Hello and welcome to episode two of the college student psyche in this episode we're going to be talking about anxiety and depression in college students so we're going to be looking at two different articles research articles in this population. We're also gonna kind of talk about um, general statistics of the prevalence of anxiety and depression in college students. When relevant, we're gonna talk about sex differences that um, research articles have found between the prevalence of either of those things um, between male and female college students. And we're also going to dive in a little bit about the depiction of anxiety, the depiction of depression in popular movies, in popular books. So if you're interested in learning more about that, stay tuned. We're going to go ahead and start off with just some general statistics about the prevalence of anxiety and depression in college students. And um, just for reference, this information that I'm going to talk about is... um, Published by the Mayo Clinic. So, for those who are just curious or want to read a little bit more about this, if you go to Mayo Clinic under the article, um, What Parents Need to Know About College Students and Depression, that's where you can access the article where I'm getting some of these numbers from. So, just to kind of start off with a little, some startling statistics in my opinion. According to the Mayo Clinic, up to 44% of college students reporting having symptoms of anxiety and depression. They also estimate that 75% of students who need help and need psychological services are reluctant to get it. So when you're looking at almost half of the population of college students going back to that 44%. And obviously that's an estimate. It could come in at less or more depending on the area, depending on the college. But when you're looking at a statistic possibly that large, in addition to knowing that um, most students about three quarters from their estimate who need help are reluctant or don't really want to seek help, that's definitely an issue that is um, really prevalent in this population of people. So just a few more statistics. In terms of those just in their lifetime diagnosed with the mental health disorder, 75% of those have their first episode by 24. So in terms of, you know, why should we look specifically at college students when we're looking at anxiety and depression or even other mental disorders in general? Well, knowing that by the time you're 24, which is, you know, 22 to 24, is around the time you graduate, especially those going um, and getting their master's or going on to a different graduate program. So it's pretty likely that if a person is going to have a mental health disorder in their life, that they're going to experience those symptoms either before they get to college or for a lot of people, they're going to start experiencing those symptoms at least at some point um, in their, you know, four to five or however many years it takes you to graduate college. Obviously, everyone's different. So there will be some people coming into college with issues of depression and anxiety who they already know, and are familiar with seeking help, either they already receive counseling, they're already on appropriate medication or whatnot. But for plenty of people coming into college, that might be the first time where symptoms are reaching a level where they really should get help and need that help. And for those who are off on their own for the first time in their life, it's already a big change. It can feel overwhelming to seek that out for yourself and to understand, um, what's going on inside your head and and maybe why that you're feeling the way you're feeling. Another kind of related statistic, and this is from APA, 95% of college counseling center directors said that the number of students with significant psych issues is a growing concern and um, anxiety is, according to these directors, is the top presenting concern the statistic 41.6% is listed um with depression being next at 36.4%. So I think that's definitely an interesting statistic especially what I talked about before almost all college student counseling center direct or college counseling center directors said that um the number of students seeking help for with significant psych issues is a growing concern. So um I feel like there's two sides of this coin. So first, if a student has a significant psychological issue, they should get help. So we do, I think, want to increase the number of students seeking help when they need it. However, I also wonder with that statistic, is it implying that um, just the sheer number of students with severe mental health issues is increasing in general so not just seeing an increase because more students are seeking help but actually seeing an increase because more students need help than before so it's just an interesting and i don't have a yes or no answer for that an interesting issue to consider when understanding these statistics and maybe how they've been increasing in recent years so that's just something to keep in mind as we kind of discuss further on this topic and dive into our research articles which we're going to go ahead and do so the first research article we're going to be talking about it is written by Farrer et al and it's called demographic and psychosocial predictors of major depression and generalized anxiety disorder in australian university students so um, obviously keep in mind that as it said in the title This study was looking at Australian students, so in terms of generalizability to other regions, to the US, um, that's something to consider, but definitely an interesting article, and we're gonna go ahead and dive into the methods section. Researchers of this study used a random sample, so starting with inviting 5,265 undergraduate and postgraduate students, So the targeted sample, 33% of the entire student population was targeted. That composed 22% of undergraduate student, let's see, 22% of total undergraduate student population, and it targeted 51% of total postgraduate student population. And then in terms of who actually responded to this survey, it was 611 students who completed the survey after being invited. For those not super familiar with kind of the research process, especially in psychology, just to go ahead and from the bat point out some positives and negatives of this method section. So a real positive, I think, of this article is that they were able to do random sampling. So it wasn't just a convenient sample of people that had the easiest access to. So they actually actually tried to sample the entire population and each student had an equal chance of being invited to the study that being said knowing that only about 11.6 percent of those that were invited actually completed the survey i would say kind of a relatively lower response rate so it could possibly Knowing um, who participated and who didn't could have an impact on the actual results being found. So just something to keep in mind as we go further into this study. So the researchers collected their data through a survey. So those who decided to participate completed a survey. And anxiety and depression was measured. So depression was measured based on the frequency of depressive symptoms over the past two weeks. So the measure was called the PHQ-9, and that was based on depressive symptoms listed in the DSM-IV. four. is now a newer DSM- For those who aren't familiar, DSM is Diagnostic Statistical Manual used to diagnose mental disorders. So there is a newer version, the DSM-5, out now. Um, So something to keep in mind just in the back of your head when understanding these results. So and generalized anxiety disorder was measured with the GAD-7, um, and that also is corresponding with DSM-4 symptom criteria for generalized anxiety disorder. So basically, the people who participated in the study, who completed the survey, they weren't asked, have you been diagnosed, or they might have been, I don't know, but for the purpose of the results. It's not just asking what percentage of students have been diagnosed. It's asking them about their symptomology and not diagnosing them per se, but saying that this percent of our um, sample reached the diagnostic criteria in theory that would allow them to be diagnosed with this um, type of disorder. So diving straight into the results section, they found that 79% of respondents met the criteria for a diagnosis of major depressive disorder, and then 17.5% of respondents, so 107 respondents, met the criteria for generalized anxiety disorder. So those are some pretty high numbers, and they basically indicate that college students seem to be it, this sample seem to be at a greater risk for mental disorders. An important thing that I want to point out especially for the population that we are specifically looking at in this podcast is that this study found female students were at an increased risk of generalized anxiety disorder which does corroborate Previous findings that found similar things about um, increased levels in female college students. So just something I wanted to throw in there, specifically talking about sex differences for anxiety. To conclude, the authors of this article speculate that, you know, university students seem to experience unique psychosocial stressors. This is a quote, unique psychosocial stressors that increase their risk of major depression and generalized anxiety disorders, in addition to sociodemographic risk factors. That's a little jargony, but basically, they're saying that college students seem to be at an increased risk of anxiety disorders and depressive disorders, which kind of brings us straight into our next article, which is entitled the prevalence and correlates of depression, anxiety, and stress in a sample of college students. So in just the introduction section, they specifically talked about the issue we were talking about earlier. So they said over the past four years, the Franciscan University Counseling Center has reported a 231% yearly increase in visits, as well as a 173% increase in total yearly visits. So just huge increases in the amount of people going to receive mental health services from their university. Like the previous study, this study also looks at a specific university looking at Franciscan University located in Ohio in the United States. Their sample consisted of 374 undergraduate students, so it did not include graduate students as the previous one did. And they also used a survey similarly looking at depression, anxiety, and stress. They used the Depression-Anxiety-Stress Scale, the DASS-21. And just to point out, they did use a convenience sampling technique, so that just means they invited students or used participants who were just immediately convenient for them. In a lot of cases, when you hear about convenience sampling in college students, which is often the the sampling technique used because... Researchers a lot of times work at colleges. They're professors or they're students, and the easiest thing is just whatever group of students they have access to, so whether that be freshmen enrolled in a psychology course and they have to participate in a certain amount of um, surveys or what have you. The researchers in this study did mention that they used kind of a cross-section of all disciplines, so it wasn't just psych students. But moving on to the results, they found that 11% of participants reported severe or extremely severe levels of stress, 15% indicated severe or extremely severe levels of depression or of anxiety, and 11% reported severe or extremely severe depression. So those are obviously some pretty high numbers they pointed out that the top three concerns for students was academic performance, pressure to succeed, and post-graduation plans. So those were the things kind of indicating high levels of stress. And they also found in terms of demographics, the most stressed, anxious, and depressed students were transfers, upperclassmen, and those living off campus. The researchers did point out that in terms of upperclassmen having the greater percentage of stress, anxiety, and depression, it aligns with some previous findings that um, suggest that there's an increase in depression levels in older students, but other researchers have found the opposite, that um, freshmen and sophomores had the highest levels of depression, anxiety, and stress, so definitely something that further studies can look into to confirm. It might depend on the sampling techniques, it could just depend on the region of kind of what ages students are more stressed, it's hard to say. But that's just something to consider. So just to kind of wrap up those two articles, they both suggest that there's an increased risk of anxiety and depression, that there's an increased number of people getting psychological services, but also that there's a need for increased psychological services to be provided um, to help students who are struggling in this way. Anyway, kind of pivoting from the scientific Aspect of anxiety and depression and the study of anxiety and depression in college students. I'm going to end the podcast with just a little discussion about depiction of anxiety and depression in the media. One of my favorite um, depictions of, and it does depict mostly depression, also anxiety is the book and it's a movie with um zach galifianakis it's kind of a funny story for those who are interested in reading about about characters with depression or with mental health struggles that's definitely a great one the main character and it's kind of a funny story is a high school student so not necessarily a college population there but Definitely a student's perspective, and it talks a lot about the pressure of school and how that can hinder your uh, mental health or trigger mental health symptoms. I also love Dead Poet Society. That is also kind of touches in school, more high school than college, but um, that's a great one in terms of just the stress students have to go through and the pressure on them. Prozac Nation, I haven't seen Prozac Nation, but I've heard good things, um, and that is about a college student struggling with depression. In terms of more adult examples of, so just depictions of adults with depression and anxiety, the movie Cake with Jennifer Aniston, she deals a lot with depression, and then a movie I love with um, Kristen Wiig and Bill Hader is Skeleton Twins. So, um, that movie um, talks a lot about depression and it also talks about suicide just a trigger warning a lot of these books and movies do touch on suicide um going back to the statistics from the mayo clinic suicide is the third leading cause of death in college students so when talking about depression when talking about severe anxiety that is something that is also a part of the conversation, especially for this demographic. And it's another reason why um, we have to improve and we have to provide proper clinical services for this population because we know that they're at such a higher risk of um, suicide during this time. So just something that I wanted to touch on. For If you have any book or movie recommendations of depictions you think great or just bad depictions that you want to laugh at of um, depression and anxiety, definitely send them my way. I would really appreciate that. Um, I know in a lot of times in media, the depictions you see of college students, it's more about fun. It's about partying. It's about the fun aspects of college, making new friends, um, sorority and fraternity, like just the more social aspects of college but i think there are less that really talk about um the the harder things that college students go through the stress that they're under um, the mental health struggles that they go through so if anyone has any um recommendations definitely send them my way Or if you have personal stories about your experiences with anxiety and depression, I would love to hear. Um, That is all for this week, and thanks for listening.